This fishing report was originally published on May 7th on MyFishingCapeCod.com for members of MyFishingCapeCod to access. For the latest fishing reports and updates, please join us as a member over on MyFishingCapeCod.com. You can get your first month for $1. Ongoing membership is $9.99 per month, and you can cancel anytime. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our first episode in the beautiful month of May here on Cape Cod and the weather's warming up a little bit and so is the action out there. We're seeing a lot of different species start to move into the area and we've got an action-packed fishing report podcast lined up for you today. We're going to be led off by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're then going to be joined by Danny Jones from down behind the counter at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. Next up, we're going to be joined by a first-time podcast guest and that is none other than Abby Schuster from Kismet Outfitters over on Edgartown on the beautiful island of Martha's Vineyard. We're then going to jump into Nantucket Sound to get a live fishing report from our buddy Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, who is going to be joining us from on board his boat. And last but not least, we're going to head out to Nantucket to check in with our buddy Matt Rainamo. So let's dive right into today's show. Well, it's time now to welcome in our first guest on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, and that is none other than MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you on this beautiful morning? I'm doing great. What a gorgeous Friday. Really awesome. Really awesome day. I'm doing great. Not as good as you, though, because I know you got out on the water yesterday. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, tin boat adventure yesterday? Yeah, I used a tin boat for the first time yesterday. Everything ran pretty well. I met up with Ryan Henry of the Goose Hummock Shop, and we went out of the Centerville River down off the south side of Barnstable, and we caught some squid. And I was really torn, Kevin. I was looking out at the water thinking, should I go? Should I not go? I don't know if you were looking at the ocean yesterday, but the wind was coming out of the northwest. So over on the Cape Cod Bay side, it was pretty rough. But down on the south side, it was relatively calm, but there was still a little bit of a a breeze. And, you know, in the little boat, you have to be extra cautious. But fortunately, the wind did lay down. We were able to get out. We probably got maybe 15 squid in an hour or maybe two hours or so. And that's pretty good. You know, no sonar on the little boat. We're not able to get out to where the big fleet is. So I was happy with that. But the mung, oh, my God, the seaweed yesterday was, was outrageous, Kevin. So that's something that I'm not seeing here in, in Cape Cod Bay. Why do you think that's a product of more the south side right now? I'm not really sure. You know, I grew up fishing Cape Cod Bay primarily. Yeah. And I've dabbled a lot off the south side. But I'm not really sure exactly why there was so much mung in the water yesterday, but it was, like, everywhere. Like, we'd put our squid jigs down, and we'd think we'd have a squid on the line, and we'd pull it up, and it was a big thing of mung. So hopefully that clears out for anybody heading out this weekend. But last night, when we were uh, finishing up, oh, my God, the sunset was spectacular last night. I looked out, 
as far as I could see pretty much across the horizon were people on boats with lights shining. Huh. It was like a city out there. Everybody was squid fishing into the night last night. So I'm sure they did pretty well, and I've seen some people post some photos in the forum of their nighttime squid fishing adventures. It seems like everybody's filling up coolers. But it was quite the sight. There were actually some people taking pictures of it last night. It was like a floating city out there. Now, we're going to get a a boat report in a little bit from our buddy Bruno, and he's going to talk a little bit about Tatog and scup fishing. But I understand you got a chance to do some tog and scup fishing as well earlier this month. Yeah. On May 3rd, this past Monday, I took my mom and my dad out on the Miss Loretta, and we got a new engine for the Miss Loretta. She's running well. We went out into Upper Buzzards Bay with green crabs, and we caught some tog. We only got one keeper, but we got maybe five that were pretty close to keepers, just a little short. And we caught some really nice big scup, like really big scup. And I brought those home, and we're probably going to have them for dinner tonight. So that was pretty successful for a couple hours in the afternoon on Monday. I know some folks who have been putting in a little bit more time are getting uh, their limits of tog and Buzz's Bay, no problem. I've seen some really nice fish taken and pictures shared. I know Alex Ridgway and his buddy, they got a really nice one earlier in the week so the talk fishing is is happening get yourself some green crabs and you know the squid that i was catching that would probably be pretty good for bait too and i think you had some luck with squid last uh spring for yep. tog if i remember yeah i had good luck with uh with squid for tog but also just squid on a on a weighted hook you know and and that was really effective i think for scup as well uh, you don't even really need a jig or anything. And the, the, as long as you've got squid and you can get it down to the bottom, I, I think that's a good, effective strategy for scup as well, if that's something you're interested in fishing for. Yeah, and I was just reviewing some of my underwater footage from yesterday, and there are scup moving into the squid grounds. So I don't know how much longer that action's got to continue for, because I did see some nice schools of scup on the underwater camera yesterday. So that's a uh, option for folks heading out. Scupper, a lot of fun. They put up a good fight, and they're definitely here. Ryan, let's talk about striped bass. We're still early in the season. We're going to spend the majority of our spring, I think, talking about tog and scup and, and sea bass that will move into the area. I know the sea bass season in Massachusetts starts up here on May 18th, which is you know about 10 days away from when we're recording this podcast, but Let's talk about stripers real quick. I'm hearing some rumors of potentially some fish showing up. Yes, there's fish showing up. There's schools here and there. It, you know, based off what I'm hearing, it doesn't seem like there's a giant biomass that arrived overnight, although that could happen at any moment. But it seems like folks are hitting some sporadic schools of fish here and there. I've heard good reports down off the south side of Dennis. Yesterday, I might have seen a few splashes off of the south side of Barnstable on our way back into the Centerville River. And I know Buzzards Bay, both sides of Upper Buzzards Bay, folks have caught schoolies. I think some of them are holdovers. Some of them are definitely fresh arrivals. I think Nick Camparell had a good night last night. I know he shared a, a photo recently. So they're definitely here. I gave it a try about a week ago on April 29th. 
and I got a hit. I definitely had one come up and hit my popper, but I missed them, and that was in Buzzards Bay. So they're definitely here, and actually I know later in our conversation, I think we were got to talk about the canal. Yep. But um, I'll just hop into that right now because I was looking in the forum this morning. There's a Canal 2021 thread in there. And some folks have already caught fish at the canal. So 11 hours ago, Leo Schmidt posted that he got two little guys on the west end today on the incoming tide. And he's got a nice picture here, a beautiful, fresh striper. And then I'm going to scroll up just a little more. And looks like Tyler Martin made a post. His good friend Ed caught a striper today. That was yesterday. Caught a striper yesterday on one of Tyler's handmade canal jigs and i know you record a podcast with tyler all about those canal jigs and i've got to be publishing that soon and then tyler 48 hours ago he himself got into some fish on magic swimmers there you go and let's see what else is going on there uh that's about it for latest canal news but that's pretty promising right there those are the first fish that i can confirm were caught from the canal in 2021. So pretty awesome. Good stuff. And I guess while we're on the topic of the canal, this kind of dovetails off it. I know we have the long distance casting competition. That's tomorrow, right? Yes, it is. So folks who have been uh, keeping tabs on the forum, you might've seen this. It was kind of like hidden in some of the threads, but Striper Madness, uh, Mike Marcus, has organized a long-distance casting competition for tomorrow. You need to register with Mike if you'd like to be part of this. I think we've got like 35 people registered. And uh, it looks like the weather's got to be pretty good tomorrow. So I've got a 11-foot Saltex rod and a brand-new Tsunami Shield. And we're going to have a little raffle tomorrow for the people who have pre-registered with Mike. Everybody will have a chance at winning that, and I'll bring some other prizes as well. So that will be a fun day for sure. And along the topic of of giveaways, I know you're still doing weekly giveaways left and right. Can you give us an update on those? Sure. John Kingston won a Tsunami Forged 8 conventional reel, as well as some bottom fishing rigs from Cousin Eddie, who uh, has started Monomoy Tackle LLC. So he won that giveaway. And then Dave Lane, who is in his 80s, he's one of the older members on the site. We do have quite a few members who are in their 80s who are out there fishing, which is terrific. You guys are an inspiration. And he won a surf bag and a My Fishing Cape Cod inscribed strategic angler lure. So that's awesome. And we're going to have these giveaways. I'm just going to keep rolling them out. So I've got some other rods and reels here. I've got some other ideas for trips, etc., and I hope to do these giveaways for members weekly throughout the year. And Ryan, looking at the website here as I'm scrolling through, you've got a new, quote, Top Catchers blog post. I know you've been doing this quite a bit in the spring, and you've even done some giveaways, uh, you know, raffle-type giveaways based on these blog posts. Yes. So I've teamed up with my Fishing Cape Cod intern, Brett Dialio, and Brett has gone through the forum on a weekly basis over the last couple of weeks, and he's just extracted some of the most interesting catches and stories and featured them in 
a Top Catches blog post. And this last one was terrific. A lot of people still freshwater fishing. Obviously, folks are hitting the salt. And check it out, because if you're posting in the forum, you might get featured in this blog post. And like you said, I, I am, haven't done a drawing yet for this most recent Top Catches. But for the first one that we did, we did a surprise drawing, and some of the people who were featured got some free MFCC swag from it. So just another fun thing and just a small way for us to, you know, say thank you to everybody who's posting in the forum. Yeah, and in terms of the website diversifying as well, we've got the, the, the top catches blog posts that are going up. It seems like we've got raffles going on, you know, if not weekly, almost every couple of days. And another thing that's, you know, really been, I think, catching people's eyes on the website are the recipes that your beautiful, lovely wife, Lauren, is also contributing to the website. I know there's a, a creamy pesto lobster pasta recipe that went up, and that's just a great addition to the website in terms of, you know, inspiring people to kind of, like, make their own food, especially from things they might be able to harvest from the sea. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she uses all organic ingredients. It's all good stuff. It's all light stuff. Most of it is dairy-free. It's feel-good food. I mean, I eat it, and I feel great. A lot of it we're starting to get from the garden. So, for example, we've got some bok choy growing. We've got raspberries. We've got blueberries. We've got cranberries. We've got broccoli. We've got asparagus. We've got lettuces. We've got a lot of stuff growing here, and we're coupling that as much as we can with stuff that I bring home. So... I've got some fresh squid, scup, and I even brought home a sea robin from yesterday's trip. And to kind of curl tail off that a little more, back on April 23rd and April 26th, I brought home some black crappies from a pond that is just a little off Cape, and those were delicious too. And the freshwater fish, yellow perch, black crappies in particular, mm. they're really delicious. I don't know if you've ever eaten them before I, I haven't no i haven't well maybe we'll change that one of these days because they are absolutely delicious and for anybody who's interested in black crappie fishing they're not native to cape cod's ponds but there are plenty of lakes and ponds throughout massachusetts that have them mm. and there's a report that i published this past week about my experience catching them we use little panfish jigs and i was even able to get some footage of the crappies hitting the panfish jigs which was pretty cool so you can check that out over on the blog as well all right ryan i'll let you get back to enjoying your day it's a, a peach of a day out there and thanks so much for kicking off the podcast like always my pleasure i'm looking forward to hearing from the rest of the guests well next up on this week's edition of the my fishing cape cod podcast is our good buddy danny jones from down at the goose hummock shop in orleans danny how are you on this beautiful morning Excellent, Kevin. How are you? It's great to be with you. I feel like life is moving into the area. I'm looking out my window at Cape Cod Bay, but it's a bright bluebird day, and i got to tell you, I've got the itch to get out there. No, I understand completely. I'm looking out of Phil's office myself, looking at Town Cove, and the guys are putting the docks in. We're starting to get our moorings put in. Everyone's just itching and chopping to get out on the water because there's a lot going on this time of year. And I know there's a lot of foot traffic coming in the store, Danny, and I just wanted to ask... A little bit about kind of the chatter coming in and out of the store. I know freshwater is still going strong and schoolies showing up. There's a lot of things going on. What's the chatter been like in the store? 
there's there's been a lot of chatter in a lot of different areas, like you were saying. Um, like the, the fresh water does remain strong. Uh, they're still continuing to stock. Um, there's there's a lot, I see lots and more and more people over at Nickerson State Park. Um, but on the other hand, there's guys coming in the store. They're they're tog fishing. Um, some of these guys are starting to finally catch some schooly stripers and some of the estuaries, and that's getting better and better with each tide. So uh, and and squidding. That's another big thing. We've been selling a lot of squid jigs over the last week. I've been seeing a lot of posts and pictures, and that's really, really come alive. So Let's talk about the squidding for a sec, because I know that's really hot, and it's also a very limited window that folks really get into them. Can you talk a little bit about the gear that you guys have or that you've been moving to help these guys get on them? Yeah. Uh, like I said, we we carry a large uh, variety of different squid jigs. Um, we have different high-low squid jigs, and I have a few that come like in, in a, like in a, um, in a three-way, almost like uh, – What's the word I'm thinking of? Like a sabiki rig almost, yep. but with squid jigs. Um, you don't really need much to do it. I mean, guys are just using, you know, simple spinning rods, six-and-a-half, seven-foot spinning rods, and uh, just tying on a jig and looking for them, and it's, it's a pretty easy and fun thing to do for the family as well. And touching on the freshwater real quick before we dive right into the, the salt water, what's been moving there in terms of stock in the store? What are folks having luck with, especially with the trout? Well, we do have bait. Uh, we do we sell a lot of shiners. If you're looking for a big fish, that's really the way to go. But a lot of guys just like to put their waders on or chest ties and walk around the pond casting with spoons. So we're selling a lot of shiny stuff like Colorado spoons and the copper gold patterns, um, some Thomas buoyants and the rainbow patterns. But on a, on a sunny day like today, basically anything shiny, um, MEP spinners, anything like that, but we're selling a lot of that stuff. Now, in terms of saltwater, we touched on the squid. I'm also hearing reports of, you know, good-sized keeper tog. Been hearing about anything about that bite? Like I said, I've heard there's been people in the store getting ready to go out tog fishing, but I haven't had any solid reports as of yet. Um, I would not be surprised at all. One of our employees, Matt, that works downstairs in our shipping department, he's actually going on a tog trip tomorrow. I'm not sure who he's fishing with, but hopefully I'll get some intel from him because the following week, myself personally, I'm on vacation, so I want to try to do at least two or three different things throughout the course of the week. And another thing that I wanted to touch on in terms of Team Goose is I know tuna season is right around the corner, and there's going to be a huge crunch on guys coming in, getting their boats all rigged up and getting their gear maintained as they head out for the season. Talk a little bit about tuna season on the horizon. Yeah, tuna season, June 1st, it's right around the corner. Um, I like to reiterate to people, if you if you got tuna reels, if you got 50 class, 80s, 70s, or 130s, and you need those reels spooled up, now's the time to do it. Um, I've been a little bit overwhelmed over the last six weeks. I had as many as 75 reels at one point where we are sending them out for clean and lube, and then when they come back, I put new hollow core or Dacron into top shots. But it's time-consuming. To do it professionally and correctly, it takes about 45 minutes for each reel. So if you got reels that need to get done, get them in here sooner than later. Yeah, and in terms of what you guys offer in terms of tuning gear, what's the inventory been like? Are you guys stocking up? Yes, at this point right now, we have a. For a while, we were kind of chasing a little bit, but over the last two three weeks, I've got plenty of Tiagers. I got one uh, thirties, the eighties. I'm a little bit lean on. I just got into some fifties the other day. I have plenty of pen reels in one thirties. 80s and 50s, and I also have a large variety of Alutechnos reels in 130 and 80s as well. So for, as for reels right now, we're in pretty good shape. And the last thing I wanted to touch on is just the schoolie striper action. I know 
that's been something that's kind of been bubbling up here. I've been hearing some reports of some fish maybe under bait. Have you heard anything about schoolie stripers other than maybe the estuary type stuff? Have you heard of any uh, migratory fish up in the area? Not so much. Like I said, it's been mostly the schoolies in anywhere from like the 12 to 16 inch area. I know, um, I think, I believe it was Jake and his girlfriend were out in Pleasant Bay um, recently. And I know they got quite a few over there, but nothing really of size as of yet. Perfect, Danny. Thank you so much for all of your help and, and for coming on the podcast today. The info is greatly appreciated. Again, Danny Jones from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. And what are your store hours right now currently, Danny? Currently, right now, we're still at 9, 9 a.m. till 5.30, but I'm sure come around June 1st, or uh, sorry, the end of this month here, um, we're going to be going to 8 to 6 o'clock, uh, seven days a week, and then Sundays 8 to 4 as well. Perfect, and you can always get the gear at themightyfish.com, which is the Goose Hummocks gear website. Danny Jones, thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to chatting with you down the road. Thanks, Kevin. You have a wonderful day, okay? Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is Abby Schuster. And Abby is a very special guest on today's show. It's her first time here on the MFCC podcast. So, Abby, on behalf of the entire My Fishing Cape Cod community, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. And, Abby, you're located over on Martha's Vineyard, is that correct? Yep, we are located right in Edgartown. So Kismet Outfitters is what Abby's referring to, and you can find them in Edgartown or at kismetoutfitters.com. And can you tell us a little bit about what Kismet Outfitters has to offer the fishermen, Abby? Yeah, so we opened a flower shop last June, quite the time to open one. And so we have the fly shop, and then we offer full and half-day trips. Um, I run a 23-foot parker and also an 18-foot flats boat. And then we also, Martha Dinner has amazing shore fishing, so we also offer um, shore trips, and we have all the beach permits, so we can drive down the beaches and stuff. And then another fun thing that we started last year is paddleboard uh, rentals and trips, and then also um, fly fishing trips off them, which is really cool because they provide an incredible advantage point on the flats, so you can actually see the fish um, and be super, super, super stealthy, which is pretty fun. And Abby, I see on kismetoutfitters.com, you're also a yoga instructor as well? Yeah, yep. So I teach yoga all winter long and then uh, just one day a week in the summer because I'm so busy guiding. But yeah. Can you give us a, a brief background on how you found your way to Martha's Vineyard, Abby? Yeah, so I learned to fly fish out here when I was a baby off my dad's shoulders, actually. <laughs> it was, like, pretty dangerous, but we survived. <laughs> um, my grandmother lived out here, so we came out all the time. And then I went out west for college, University of Montana, and went to guide school out there and started guiding out there. And then when I started Kismet in 2016, I moved back home here. That's an awesome story, and let's get into what's going on over there on, on Martha's Vineyard. We're pretty much finishing up our first full week of May. What's going on in terms of striped bass on Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, this is the first week. I got it every day this week. I was so happy, um, and we got fish. It was at first, the beginning of the week, it was a little bit harder, actually, than the end, but they're in the back in the pond and stuff. I've seen some on in the surf, but... Not as much as in the ponds, um, where the water's just a little bit warmer. 
And nothing big yet, mostly just schoolies, but there's some bait fish starting to come in, and you can tell it's definitely about to take off. What are these fish, do you think, eating? And, and the bait fish, is are, are they squid? What's going on in terms of bait? So I haven't seen any squid yet, actually, but I'm sure any day we will. I've been using um, just little sand eel patterns. Um, Mike Rice from Mud Dog Flies ties a fly called Dazzle Bait, and that's been the go-to fly. Um, it's worked really, really well. And in terms of your guiding, uh, you know, the trips that have recently started to pick up, are you booked through the summer? How do folks get in touch with you if they want to book? Yeah, so the best way to get in touch with me is via email because I'm on the water most days. Okay. Um, my phone also works. <laughs> but uh, info at kismetoutfitters.com. And so I'm guiding full-time, and then my brother – is also a full-time guide for me. He started a few years ago guiding with me, and he's doing awesome. He's a great kid. Um, so, yeah, either one of us will will do that. And you mentioned you had, you know, two different types of boats that, that you're running. So my guess is you kind of offer a little bit different experience, uh, you know, on each boat. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the flats boats, we really focus in on – um, little ponds and inlets that are super, super shallow, and obviously the flats. We have amazing flats on the island. It's just like bone fishing, really, except kind of, it's almost harder because they're tricky, these stripers. Um, but you can get a really, really into some skinny water, which is really fun. And then the Parker, it only draws 18 inches, actually, so we can still get in those small spots, but we have the ability to go out to the rips um, and fish bigger water. For, which is really fun when the squid are here because you will just see stripers kind of surfing the waves and the in the rips and it's a lot of top water action and it's just such a visual time of year it's so much fun and we're talking a lot about stripers here on the show and that's what most folks are really interested in but can you talk about the other species that you target as well on Martha's Vineyard yeah so um, soon the bluefish will start to move in and those are really fun they get a bad rap sometimes, but they are strong, fun, fighting fish. Um, and then in August, the Benito will roll in, and those are absolutely crazy, super, super beautiful and fun. And then our kind of our prime time is September and October, where all four species will be here, um, false albacore, bonito, stripers, and bluefish. And the false albies are crazy. They're so much fun. And I saw a, a video on the on the website, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but of you hauling in a uh, a sea bass and filleting it as well. Oh yeah, we do get a lot of black sea bass every year. It seems that we're getting more and more sea bass. Um, like last year, we were getting them off the surface <laughs> in the rips, which is pretty. It was interesting. It was cool, and yeah, they're really delicious. So is your favorite way to fish, obviously the fly is, is your passion, and would you say kind of your wheelhouse is skinny water, kind of sight casting to these fish? Yeah, that's my absolute favorite way to fish for them. Um, we're so lucky we have the opportunities to do so here. But, I mean, the rips and stuff are really fun as well. I just love that, like, sneaky sight fishing experience. 
So talk a little bit about Kismet Outfitters. I know you're located in Edgartown. Can you give folks a, a good idea of, of where you're located? Give us some landmarks if they're on foot. Yeah, so we're it's 204 Upper Main Street in Edgartown. So it's, um, if you're coming, it's right outside of town on the main drag. It's like right next to the stop and shop. There's a fun bar across the street called The Town. Um, and we have parking in the back, which is key. So come on in and um, you can park in the back or right on the bike path, too. And you, what are your store hours this time of year, Abby? Uh, nine to six every day. Awesome. And we'll keep folks updated on that if it if it changes throughout the season. Are you, you guys are open seven days a week? We are. Awesome. And it's kismetoutfitters.com on the web. Abby, I really appreciate you joining us for your first visit, and I hope we have you back on the show sometime soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And Bruno, I hear I'm catching you in the act on this beautiful morning. Yes, you are. Good morning. And hello, MFCC. I'm out in the beautiful sea doing what I love doing. So you're on the boat this morning, Bruno. How, how's the wind? How's the water out there? Well, as usual, the weatherman was off by a mile. Uh, I'm out in the sound side. You got white caps and uh, supposedly two footers more, look more like four to fives today. But that's all right. That's nothing our, our down east boat, the Gaviota, can't handle. And I know you're out in the, the Gaviota. Is this, how many trips is this for you this season, Bruno? So this is my third boat ride and my second actual fishing trip. And who are you out with this morning? We're out here with Uncle Izzy and uh, Cousin Alan. All right. And what are you guys going to be doing in terms of targeting a species this morning? Well, we got four tog keepers in the box, along with, surprisingly, you ready for this? Big, big uh, like hubcap scop, which I did not expect this early in the season, but they're already here. So we grabbed a couple big hubcap scup. We got some tog, and now the tide changed, and we're hoping uh, with the with the outgoing tide, as the water temperature goes warmer, we're gonna start getting a better bite. Bruno, can you talk a little bit about how you got these big keeper tog, what you were using, and kind of what you were looking for in terms of a spot? Sure. Down on the sound side, uh, right off of Hyannis, you got plenty of rock piles everywhere. So the trick is to try to anchor right on top, literally on top of the, that rock pile. Because um, if, if you're too far away from the rock pile, they just they won't they won't leave that structure very far. Tog seems to be lazy when it comes to that. And uh, you're probably, I, I probably went through about 20 of them before we were able to keep four. So it's, you're going to have to bring a lot of bait. And the bait of choice for us this morning was uh, crabs, which I got from my buddies down at uh, Riverview Bait and Tackle from Lee. Were those just those small green crabs, Bruno? That's it. You knock the legs off. You knock the claws off. You cut them in half. 
And then uh, I like to peel the, the top shelf off so all the meat is exposed. And then uh, I like to put my hook right through the the middle um, leg hole, I guess they call that. And and that's it. And uh, they fight great. And uh, it's, a, it's a hell of a time. Um, of course, we prefer to not have five-foot seas while we're doing it, but that's fishing for you. And Bruno, were you using a jig, or were you just dropping down the crab down with a weight? Uh, you know, we like to use tog jigs. There's plenty of tog jigs out there, many varieties. Um, you know, you keep you don't want to pick them up too far off the ground. You want to keep them around like four inches off the ground as you're jigging them, and you'll start feeling a little peck, 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 and that's when you got to set the hook, and that's you know. It's it's a very subtle bite, so you you got to be paying attention to it. And for these big scup, Bruno, that showed up and that kind of surprised you, a very pleasant surprise, were you fishing for a tog with the same yeah. setup and, the, and they were mixed in, or did you have a different setup for the scup? Yeah, you know, there was one area where, you ready for this? There was even juvenile sea bass. We wow. caught like five or six juvenile sea bass, which was, I can't believe they hear that early, so... Um, I guess the water temperature has a lot to do with it. Right now it's 52 degrees. This morning it was 53, closer in. And I think that was that was a bunch of sea bass and and uh, scup. And then we picked up the anchor. We moved a little bit. And then uh, it was tog after tog. Yeah, it sounds like you just hit like a big biomass of life, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of boats out here still squidding. The squid bite is still on this week, and it'll probably be on for another four or five days before we'll probably. Because if I, I if I see scup and I'm seeing sea bass already, then there's a pretty good chance the blues are going to be moving in early this year, which ultimately means the the squid will start getting scattered around. You know. Yep. Anything else interesting that you've seen out there that you want to pass along to folks? Nope. Right now. Uh, that's all we're talking. That's all we've seen. I did see some birds on bait. I was I, I tried to go by them to see if by chance there was schoolies under them. I'm gonna guess that it was schoolies. It's way too early for blues to be here. So seeing birds like that um, on top of bait tells me there's got to be something under it. So it, was that around sunrise, um, Bruno, or was that real early? That was that was early. We got out here around six a.m. So that's a that's another promising sign. Birds on bait, you know, right around or before sunrise. Sounds like things are kind of heating up over there. Yeah, I mean, like I always say, I mean, fifty degrees is the is the magic number that we're always looking for. So quite promising to see. The last thing I wanted to ask you about before I let you get back to fishing is what's going on at the dealership with you out fishing. Is it open today? Dealership is open for business. Um, I'm always at the dealership or with my family, and and uh, for once you caught me while I'm having a little fun. The dealership is open for business. We just got our brand new 2022 Outlander, and it's already winning awards. It's a total game changer. So if you're in the market for an SUV, before you pull the trigger, take a look at a Mitsubishi full-size Outlander SUV about $8,000 less than a Toyota or Honda. 
All right, Bruno, that sounds great. I'm going to let you get back to fishing, let you get back to what's important, but I appreciate you giving us a live update from out there. You got it, guys. Tight lines, everybody, and try to get out there when you can because the season is officially on. Well, a big thanks to Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi for joining us on this week's edition of the podcast and especially thankful that Bruno had a chance to get out on the water and give us some live intel from his boat, the Gaviota. Always good to get that fresh information out on the podcast here, but we're going to pivot our attention from Nantucket Sound to Nantucket itself, and that is where our next visitor is going to join us from. Next up on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is Matt Rainamo from over on Nantucket. And Matt, for once, am I actually catching you on the island? Yes, I'm, uh, I'm here at my tackle store right now. You've finally returned home from journeys to Florida and Costa Rica. You've been like an, an international man of mystery trying to track you down. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a, it's been a a busy month, but um, I'm back here. One of the one of the things I was doing is picking up a new flat skiff, so um, I'm excited to to have that here and uh, be able to offer my clients a snazzy new ride this June on the flats. So you you had that going on down in Florida, and then your your trip I'm hoping was safe and not too eventful to Costa Rica. What was that like? Uh, it was a good trip. We, me and my wife and, and our kids are going to go down, um, for the year next winter. So we were, we were to introduce our kids to a new, new language, new culture. Um, obviously my, me getting some fishing in is, is a nice ancillary benefit to that. So we were down, um, checking out a school, checking out some housing options and we got all that taken care of too. Um, I did manage to, to get offshore one one day so i got a couple uh my first sailfish on the fly which was exciting all right so you're back home in reality on nantucket and you're greeted by i'm sure a pretty gusty wind and it's you know non 80 or 90 degree temperatures but you're over at your shop the nantucket tackle center talk a little bit about your store and how it's doing so far this spring uh, we've had a, a busy spring a great spring we've uh we started uh a, a freshwater tournament um, a couple of years ago, that's been super popular. Uh, so it's a month long tournament for the month of April and, uh, anglers are out there, you know, in the ponds catching, um, catching one of each available species and measuring them and letting them go or, or having them for dinner, or whatever they want. But it's, it's formatted to be a, a release tournament. If you, if that's, um, if you want to release your fish, you don't need to bring them in for anything. All we do is, is snap a picture. Um, and that was great. Um, there's plenty of striped bass, uh, holdovers in the ponds. So that's exciting. Um, good pickerel, good yellow perch, white perch, sunfish. So, uh, we just wrapped that up and that gets people out and excited for the season. Um, and then two days ago we had our first, uh, migratory fish, uh, migratory striper caught on the Island. So now people, uh, are real excited about that and they'll be hitting the beaches every night. So I'm sure, you know, with that fish being caught and people kind of getting wind that the striped bass are starting to trickle into the area, I'm sure you're going to get an influx of folks in the store. How's your inventory look with everything that's going on with COVID and all the shipping troubles that we have in today's world? Uh, it's definitely an issue, but we're, we're doing pretty well. I think, we, uh, I think we handled it pretty well last year um handled and and we're we're in pretty good shape this year we have uh 
we have all the staples, you know, there's nothing, um, there's nothing that I can think of that you can come in and say, Hey, I need this. And we can't, we can't get you something. Perhaps we don't have, um, you know, the exact real brand or the exact rod model or whatever, but, um, you know, if you need to be fishing today, we can get you there. And let's talk a little bit about the spring saltwater fishing over there. We touched on striped bass. What other species do you anticipate folks coming in to stock up for and look to target over the next couple of weeks? Uh, I think the, the opener of, um, of sea bass season will get people in the store and people will be headed out um, for that. I know that it, it seems like in some years past, uh, people are sort of chomping at the bit and there's plenty of fish here on opening day. They've been, um, you know, nice keepers close to Nantucket. And then other years it's like the season opens and there's a little, there's still a little wait time before the fishing is good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, how it shakes out this year. And if they're sort of that opening day, there's a bunch of nice fish around. Um, and then obviously striped bass, people are going to get excited and keep, keep heading out to the beaches with sort of more and bigger fish showing up every day. Um, and then of course, hopefully bluefish will make a pretty good showing and we'll get those in a couple weeks or so. Now, when guys go and target, uh, the sea bass, I know it's pretty common, you know, in the waters surrounding Cape Cod or maybe over into, to buzzards Bay, you're going to get a mixture of say sea bass, scup to tog. It can almost be like a, a dealer's choice when you're dropping a jig down there. Does that occur out in Nantucket, or is it just specifically like a sea bass thing? No, that definitely occurs. There's, there's, um, you know, certain spots, and and from from Nantucket, a, a lot of guys are running, um, you know, back up into the sound. So we're fishing a lot of the same spots. I'm sure that that the Cape guys are and Vineyard guys are. Um, there's some jetty, you know, the Nantucket Harbor has jetties, so there can be uh, scuff and tatog sea bass on those. Um, there's a couple little wrecks that are fairly close to Nantucket that can also hold potentially all three, um, you know, being mostly sand, uh, mostly sand and sandbars. I think that, that, that the Tatog and the, uh, are, are sort of often overlooked and there's not a ton of them. And certainly, um, it's not a place I would ever recommend you come to try to catch one, but, um, people are kind of getting the hang of it and figuring out how to how to find crabs and use crabs, and so a couple people are uh, are catching a few tog around here now more so than I think ever before. The freshwater bite. I know you you hinted at the tournament that just wrapped up for the month of April, but there's still plenty of freshwater action going on over there as well as we've turned the page into May. Yeah, definitely. Um, personally, my own fishing, I, I'm kind of torn now to, to whether I want to go sort of freeze my freeze. Uh, my tail off on the beach trying to find an early schoolie or whether I want to go to the go to a pond and sort of have a, a nice mixed bag of of big chain pickerel and perch and they're all happy and hungry and uh, you know potentially some nice size holdovers in there too so um, I don't you know pond people keep pond fishing for for a while all right Matt one other thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up today's show is just the logistics of the Nantucket Tackle Center. Can you talk about where it's located on the island? Sure. We're at uh, 41 Sparks Avenue, which is right in the mid-island area, right next to the main stop and shop on the island. We're uh, connected to a Shell gas station, so you can pull in and um, you know grab your gas, grab your groceries next door, and, and get outfitted for your day on the water. 
Um, we're open seven days now. Uh, currently, we're 10 to 6 uh, on weekdays, 8 to 4 on weekends. Um, but in the next couple weeks, we'll be expanding those um, hours considerably as people keep coming out to the island and keep it keeps getting busier. Yep. And you guys have a website as well? We do. Um, www.fishingnantucket.com. Um, you can buy, you know, whatever you need online. Um, we're the home of Spofford's Lures now. So uh, if you need any Spofford's gear for the bluefish once they show up or needlefish, uh, Joppa jigs for schoolies, you can get them all uh, on our website. And Matt, you spoke about your new boat that you have in the works that's going to be making its way back up here. Talk a little bit about your guide season, kind of when that starts. Uh, I w- I'm generally, I generally start getting, uh, you know, doing guided trips around Memorial Day. Um, you know, I'm happy to do one earlier if, if, if the phone rings or um, whatever, but uh, Memorial Day is when I sort of plan on it and when I tend to start getting busy. Um, and then from there until around July 1st, I'll mostly be on the flats. Um, and then from there, I'll transition to kind of rips, um, big bluefish offshore, um, and then in late July, Bonita, um, and, you know, the sort of the usual uh, New England seasonal shuffle, I guess. And for folks like myself that may not have a lot of experience fishing Nantucket that may be interested in doing a a guided journey with you to learn the ins and outs of fishing the water around the island, what's the best way to to book a guide trip with you or to make contact about trying to book a guide trip? Uh, Email is is easy. It's it's probably the best. That way, you know, if I'm on the water, when when you reach out, I can get back to you and we can sort of go back and forth without necessarily having to connect um, on a phone call and the email is easy as well. It's fishingnantucket at gmail.com. All right. That's perfect, Matt. Well, we want to wish you the best of luck in this early season. You're going to be a podcast contributor here all year long. We're really excited to have you on board as well as the Nantucket Tackle Center. And we look forward to catching up with you next week. Great. Thank you very much. I look forward to it as well. Thank you, Matt Rainamo from the Nantucket Tackle Center. And that's going to put the wraps on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. It was a heck of a show, and I hope you all enjoyed it. I just want to thank all of our guests that took time out of their busy weeks to join us, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Danny Jones from the Goose Hummock down in Orleans, Abby Schuster from Kismet Outfitters over on Martha's Vineyard. Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi live from his boat, the Gaviota. And last but not least, Matt Rainamo from the Nantucket Tackle Center. So thank you, everybody, and thank you to all of our guests, and thanks to all the members that took time out of their schedule to listen to this week's program. It's really an honor to be with you and do these reports each week, and we look forward to talking with you next week. So until we chat again, this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. Tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to myfishingcapecod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.